Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Starts pounding at the 27-yard line. Warner to throw. Going deep downfield. Adjusting for it is Isaac Bruce. And Isaac Bruce threads his way for a touchdown. 73 yards. 23 years ago today, the St. Louis Rams won Super Bowl 34 in Atlanta against the Tennessee Titans. Kerry Davis is here, a Super Bowl champ from a few years later, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and the Rams offensive coordinator that day and uh, ultimately their head coach, Mike Martz, joins us. Coach, great to have you with us. How you doing? Good. Good morning, guys. You like that highlight? Never, never gets old, does it? No. <laughs> Tell us about nine 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 balloon. No, nine, it, it was Ace Protection, Twins Right Ace, nine ninety nine H balloon. So H balloon means the back is has an option right out of, the, out of the backfield. But what that is is it's four verticals out of a three by one set. And what they had done in the game is against that set on third down, they would bracket. Um, everybody except the furthest receiver, which was Isaac, to the field, and they had their fourth corner out there. And it was a, it was a they'd use that coverage maybe four or five times in the game, and uh, we just felt like we they would come up with it again, and uh, you know we talked to Kurt about if we get that coverage, just mail it out there to Isaac, because on that play we've never thrown it to, to Z on that play ever. It usually goes back to X and the tight end on the backside, so. Um, it was just one of those things, you know. It was a play that we never practiced. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we, pra- we practiced it, but it was against the current coverage. But we hadn't practiced that play in, shoot, probably two or three months, you know. Mm, fantastic. Hey, Coach, we were watching the game yesterday, and we saw Brock Purdy go out. Uh, you saw Josh Johnson come in and get hurt. What are your When you see your, your starting quarterback go down, your backup quarterback go down, uh, and then your starter got to come back in and really can't throw the ball, how, how, does that, how do you process that as a coach and, and as a play caller? Well, it's difficult. There's just no hope. I mean, you can't, you can't function. You, gotta, you, you have to try and manufacture – first downs and somehow uh, defense got to give him three and out and it's an impossible situation. I was surprised, to be honest with you, I was surprised that they went into that game with just two quarterbacks on the roster. You know, every NFC, every one of those games I've been in, you always carry three and just for disaster situations, you don't want to lose it on something like that. But uh, I guess that's common today to just carry two, two guys on the roster that are available. And Mike, you put up at the33rdteam.com, and we advise people to go check it out. But you talked about how Purdy, and obviously an inexperienced NFL quarterback, but he could have avoided the injury. How could he have avoided it? Yeah, the, really the injury is his fault. Uh, what happened is the rusher that got to him, he actually was lined up to a wing side, so a tight end and another tight end. 
So he was really two people removed from where he normally is, you know. So that's a long way from the quarterback. And the, and the wing back there, the backup tight end, he didn't do a real good job on him, but he pushes him outside. So what happens with the quarterback, we always tell quarterbacks this, on a, on a deep drop, a seven-step drop, which is really basically what he was doing, if you hit at 10 yards and you stay there, you're going to get sacked. So when you hit at 10 yards, that ball's got to come out. If you If it doesn't, if you have to wait, then you have to hitch up or slide up a, a good yard and a half up into the pocket so they can push him by. Otherwise, um, what happens with pass rushers, when you set back there, that's their aiming point. And then you take that away by stepping up inside of it. And he got stuck back there, and it's young guys do that. And you got to remind them all the time, listen, if number one's gone and you're trying to get down to the next available, you got to get up into the pocket to buy time. You can't sit back there because you're a sitting duck. And no, I don't care who you are as an offensive tackle, you're not going to protect a guy standing back there 10 and 10 and a half yards. You can't do it. Just time and distance. The, the angles are bad. Coach, I'm so glad that you said that that was the quarterback's fault, that that he got injured and that it was a fumble. Uh, I think oftentimes, anytime the quarterback gets hit, we look at the offensive line, or in this case, the tight end, as not making their, not doing their job. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on having you know tight ends block prominent defensive pass rushers? I, I, I always have hated it because you got offensive linemen that are, that's their job, but for a tight end to do it, he's not really asked to do it that often, and it usually ends up in disaster. We always did it. We did it a lot because, uh, but in our protections, he would block him. The, the tackle ensure the guard, the three technique inside. Then he'd come back and help, mm-hmm. or back or back would help on his way out. But we always had a tight end on the roster that was an exceptional pass blocker for us. It was Brandon Malamaluna. You know, Brandon was about three hundred ten pounds, so he was as big as his alignment, and he's very athletic. He's a very accomplished blocker. But he was a terrific receiver. He didn't run very good, but he could catch the heck out of the ball. So, I mean, we had a guys identified for that. And we've used out smaller guys in the past, too, but not on the line of scrimmage. They have to be off like that wing back was. But, see, what happens is he's so far removed, and the wing was off the ball, he got enough on him to push him by. But, man, I tell you, uh, we use it because you, now you can have six guys in the protection to block four, so you get doubles all the way across. You know what I mean? So if you got an end out there, you start with a tight end, the tackle steps down to ensure the three technique, then the tackle will come back and end up double teaming that end. So uh, we used to do it, but we generally, unless he was a great pass blocker, we wouldn't leave him out there by himself. Well, Coach, I, I may be a little bit uh, scorned because Bruce Arians had me try to block Mario Williams, uh, and it didn't go very well for me. <laughs> Once he extended his arms, Coach, I couldn't reach him. He, he shot him and, and threw me to the side and made the sack. So maybe I'm just reliving a little bit of, of trauma. <laughs> you know what happens? It's, it's like it's like the big brother syndrome where you put, he puts his hand on your head and you're swinging. Yeah, it's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> And the well, other... I'm a former tight end. I played tight end in college too, and uh, you know they use me a lot of protections. I know the feeling. <laughs> Mike, the other huge advantage that you had, and granted, I, San Francisco has Trent Williams, so that's just as you mentioned last week at the 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 event with Martin Kilcoin. You just put an X on the other team's right end when you have a guy like Orlando, right? Yeah, we used to call it a got man. So. Hmm. Whoever, whoever lined up on, I don't care who it was, 
if they had a great defensive end on the right side, defensive right side, then generally they'd flop him over the other side because it was a waste of time trying to rush on Orlando. He was he's a got man, you know. So, he, he, you know, you look from the sideline and Orlando's yawning out there. You know, I mean, just you know, just he's the best there was. So, hey, Mike, what did what do you think of Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, terrific. You know, um, you know the thing that's been so great with them is they do such a good job of teaching. And I think the pro- progress of any young quarterback is so so important in, in how he gets grounded in the system and the details of it. And he understands and executes the very small, intricate details of that offense. Uh, and, and whatever you end up making a difference, it's just he understands it. The ball comes out quick. He's accurate. He's calm. He has complete grasp of what's going on with the defense. I, I really think that each year he's just going to do nothing but get better and better. Hey, Coach, looking at Nick Sirianno, his second year as a head coach in the league, taking his team to the Super Bowl, what have you seen from him and really his maturation? I, we were talking about his press conference to start his his career off. Didn't go very well, but here he is, you know, second year taking his team into the Super Bowl. You know, I think that one of the things that, that I watch body language all the time in games, as a head coach, you learn to do that. You do that out of it's an accident, really. You understand you're watching people, and pretty soon you start picking up on body language so you kind of know where your team is where players are and the interesting thing about him is there's just so much positive energy with his players in him you know they're it just and it's never waned you know what I mean it's just they're excited about playing he's got a great relationship with those players he's upbeat you know they're they're attacking people it's um and he doesn't change you know no matter what the situation is the game he doesn't change let's uh, switch a little bit to the AFC Mike first of all when we talked last week, we talked about how surprised we were that Buffalo didn't commit more to the running game against Cincinnati, and they didn't really have it. But we know the Bengals do have a running game. What happened with the Bengals' running game yesterday? Well, there's a defensive lineman over there on Kansas City. It's pretty good. 95, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he and Kelsey, those two guys on each side of the ball are, are just giant pluses. And, and we all know what Mahomes is. I mean, he's just a, he's a great player. But and then the, you got receivers stepping up. You know what happens they, when you start off and you get sacked like they did, and then you fall behind. You feel like you got to catch up a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, I was a little surprised that they didn't rush the ball a little bit more, but they they were really effective against the run. And it's hard when you're behind to stay with the run in a game like that. You, you feel like you got to make something happen, and and you you know and you got chasing those guys. It's just you feel like you got to make something happen with the quarterback. And, you know, what do you want to do in a championship game? You want the quarterback hand the ball off or you know, as good as he is, or you want to make him play? And that's kind of what it comes down to. And you guys have all the numbers, and you know how often you need to hand off. The thing that struck me was they only handed off 13 times in 63 plays. And I'm with you on Burrow, but at some point you've got to make them think you can run it, right? Yeah, and I, and I was a little surprised because the Kansas State defense is, reminds me of Jimmy Johnson a little bit when he was you know, Philadelphia. And the one thing that we'd always thought, when you have a real multiple defense like that and you have a dynamic pass rusher, you got to come downhill on them. And so much of the running game these days is trick stuff laid around the edge, you know, the fly sweeps and all that stuff. And the, to me, they've got a double team to come off the ball a little bit, you know, and uh, it, it's a lost art. Not many teams do that anymore. I know San Francisco does. I think Detroit is magnificent at it. But 
I just, uh, I think the circumstances of the game, they got into the game pretty deep and they just felt like they had to make something happen. I've been there. It's You reflect back on it, you kind of wish that you hadn't, but yeah, I keep Kansas City out the field too, but you know, they moved the ball well. They just, you know, they, they just couldn't get it done. Hey, you talked about Nick Sirianni and his, his uh, you know, body language on the sideline and how the players really attract to him. What are you seeing from Andy Reid, who's just been doing it for such an extended period of time, did it for so long in Philadelphia, you know, four NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl. Now he's redoing it again in Kansas City. What have you seen from him throughout his career that has allowed him to sustain this success? Well, Andy is brilliant to begin with. And if you know anything about if you've met him, he's one of the nicest people you ever meet in the world. He's just a sweetheart of an individual. And I think his personality uh, of the players love him, obviously, the coaches. He's uh, he's he's ahead of the curve, so to speak, in football they, the, with the things that they do. And they do so many different things, which is what we try to do to keep defenses trying to chase to keep up with what you're doing so you don't do the same thing twice, those kinds of things. And that's kind of what they do. They're very imaginative because it can be with the people that they have. The quarterback has such a dynamic grasp of what they're trying to do and he can do the impromptu when he has to as good as anybody's ever played the game doing that I think so I, I just think that uh, he keeps pushing the envelope each week just a little bit and that's hard to do when you've been doing it as long as he's but he's he's just never blinked you know it's Andy he's the old wise old guy now you know he's just he just hasn't blinked Hey, Mike, one more thing. I know that you're going to be putting together, because I know it's the way you think, you're going to be putting together game plans for both of these teams over the course of the next week. Can we get in touch next week and have you tell us why one team or the other is going to win this thing? Sure, be happy to. We, we love it. Hey, it was great to see you at the event the other night. Glad we were able to raise uh, a lot of money for one of your charities, the Alzheimer Association of Greater St. Louis. It was great to see you and uh, great to hear the stories. Thanks, Randy. All right, take care, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. That is uh, former Rams head coach and the guy who changed football, Mike Martz.